Hi, Joe. Hi. We're totally in the wrong place right now. Oh, really? Why is that? Well, I don't know about that. We're in a place other than the place you might expect us to be, which is um, sitting in a movie theater waiting for Star Wars to start. (laughs) Right? Because we're both, I think, very excited about seeing this movie. Yes. I mean, we are right in the... As we we've said it before. Yeah, I was ten when the when the Star Wars the original first opened. I just turned five, and um and it so it's been woven into the into my brain for a very long time. Right, and it's a I think putting aside the movies that don't actually exist, even though some people seem to think there are three additional ones. Um, uh. It, it it taps into some pretty powerful mythology in a sort of a Joseph Campbell way. Um, yeah, and uh, and and so it's both great in itself and taps into great stuff. Thank you, yeah. Darcy. Um, welcoming, she's welcoming us back. Yeah, because it's been weeks. It's it's been a little while. So we're not do we're not watching Star Wars right now. Instead, we're having a wonderful chat with each other. Well, we'll see. That's my that's my hope. <laughs> That's my plan. Yeah. No, and one of the reasons we're not sitting in the theater watching Star Wars right now is that tomorrow we are going to do uh, at my place, uh, and we've invited you, and and, and look, anybody can come. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, tomorrow we are doing a marathon (laughs) of all three Star Wars films. Yeah. The the true Star Wars films. well, as true as you can get, because it turns out now, now ask me this, Joe, ask me, say, um, are you, say, ask me whether I'm the kind of person who typically like was big into Napster and downloads all kinds of illegal stuff. Are you the kind of person who was big into Napster, Napster and downloads all kinds of illegal stuff? No, no, I, I, Neither I, am I, I, I have to say look, as much as, and listeners will know, I think there should be no such thing as patent law. <laughs> You've said that many times. Yeah, and and I think although there should be such a thing as copyright law, it's way too long. Fair use should be expanded quite broadly, and well, it is way, way, way too long. Yeah. Nonetheless, no, I, no, I, I, do I don't comply. think I don't think peer to peer. Well, we I, I don't think we want to get diverted down a down a complicated discussion about fair use. Although there are fair use arguments to be made about the notion that if people download only things that truly they would not have purchased otherwise. Right. Um, that there's at least an argument to right. be made in that direction, sort of, you know, see Glenn Lunny, yes. et cetera. Um, uh, now, look, oh, we're not going to do that. No, no, right? no, no. Although that could be a fun show um, right. to talk. But, but, to, but to your copyright point, yeah. it's yeah, you, you, you're saying you're not you're not although you believe copyright law it ha- should be substantially more limited than it is now, as as do right. I, um, you haven't downloaded some. Why is downloads no, important? I am I am a dis, I am a dissenter from copyright law, but I'm not a revolutionary or a saboteur. Yeah, or a right? dis, or a dissident. I, I is that right? You're a dissenter, but not a dissident. I guess that's right. I guess that's right. You're not uh, you're not out there. Uh, you know, I got this idea for 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 you and me to work on a uh, an article about copyright. Yes. Yeah, maybe we can talk about that at some future point. Yeah, not today. Right. Okay. Not today. But okay. So I generally comply. Now, I have bought the Star Wars films in various forms over the years, several times over. More okay. times than than one should have to buy these things. Yeah, I mean, if, I think if you go back, it's sort of like they were on VHS, right. and then there was the remastered thing he did in the late 90s, oh and then that generated yeah. additional... And there were Laserdisc editions, Home too. viewings of those, yeah. and so, yeah. yeah, they've been you know they've been made available in, in multiple media forms for years. Right. Decades, really. You know what is not available, though? No. High definition versions of the original theatrical releases, right? That is not for sale, right? That is in not. part, this is because of the late nineties, um, Lucas's decision in the late nineties to change the right. content of those, and so yeah, not and just in his view, the those being the, the current, content. like right. they are the canonical versions, canonical versions in his, as he right takes it to be. Um, well, let me just say this for this marathon oddly, tomorrow. For this marathon tomorrow, I might have located high definition high definition versions of this film that are very close to the original theatrical releases wow let's just say tomorrow in my house on shoots first <laughs> as let us simply be clear yes uh, <laughs> as is correct okay that that makes him out to be a much more you know badass western film yeah. like a western movie kind of 
you know, character. Right. Well, I mean, what, obviously. I, I got two things on this. One. Guido I, threatens him, yeah. like, quite a, quite specifically. Yeah. So he he shot first, but he shot first because shooting first was a smart thing yeah. to do in that conflict. There was an act of he had been threatened with force. His back is literally against a wall. Right. As he sits there at the table. I think I think we need to go into this in detail because Greedo shot first verbally. He <laughs> shot first blasterly. The Han Greedo And I would say masterly. <laughs> the the Han Greedo debate. You didn't know you were gonna really get no. me going on this. Did well you? I think we should go into it more because the Han Greedo debate on the Two guys talking into microphones podcast thing. Has it's never been done. It's never been done. <laughs> it is, we, we are making new territory here. Right. You won't find it in the blogs. You won't find it no, on Reddit. Nowhere. You won't find it. No, no. No. So we should probably and spend what could more, be more time interesting? on this. But I read, so I read a couple of things. <laughs> We're not going to go into this more other than to say that um, I did read a defense from Lucas of this, which is that he realized later on that Han was just not the kind of guy who would shoot first, which totally doesn't get the idea and of, also of character arcs it, and, it doesn't and and what a surprise that george lucas would have an idea that betrays how completely incapable he is of understanding certain aspects of human development certain well, and character development in particular a story yeah I, I i'm maybe more sympathetic to lucas than i mean i yeah I, he's robbing him and, of yeah. some of his journey to selflessness <laughs> and self-sacrifice yeah by do, by doing that. Here's the other thing that I found, though. Oy. I found a George a kind of step a, away a history from the movies of of George Lucas's wife. Oh, I, I don't have it in front. I am only thinking about this because you mentioned it, and I've totally forgotten okay. her name. A very accomplished editor. This is his Ooh. first wife. Okay, and very accomplished editor. Worked with Martin Scorsese. I think she, she worked on Taxi Driver and one other film. Mm. Um, one well, there's was one of the Ooh. only people to win an Oscar, I think, for the original Star Wars, because she was on the team of editors for that. And she had all kinds of amazing influence over the first three films, oh. including, I guess, the idea, I guess, with the original trench battle at the end, uh, like Luke, like missed the first time and went around again, or there was some kind of thing. It was it was kind of like two laps in a pod race. Okay. Or there three? Were there three laps in that pod race? <laughs> it seemed like there may have been about twenty. It seemed like oh a NASCAR my. race dropped in the middle of a film. Please, uh, but but the trench battle. So anyway, at some, I think she told him that uh, something the effect of that if if the audience wasn't cheering when Han Solo shows up in the Millennium Falcon. Spoiler alert, by the way. <laughs> and Luke fires immediately, and he goes in. Like if they aren't cheering at that point, then you've blown it. Right. right. That there's something about like that's his redemption and the it all happens in one big beat. And like I think he had not gotten that. Um, so I think she was really instrumental in the uh not necessarily the mythos. A lot of the mythos was was right. Lucas, right? But in terms of telling a very human adventure story yeah. that would connect with people on an emotional level. And of course, they split up uh, mm. around the time of Return of the Jedi or thereafter. So You know, it's interesting because it's a great, it, it's, in a way, it's a nice oblique um, observation about why it's so important for copyright not to be as long as it is. Um, because oftentimes, some, some of the very most powerful alternatives for a story come not from the person who originated it, but from a person who experiences it and right. then changes it. Yeah. And in a way, you know, what you the story you just told, he has a story in his mind, another person responds to and engages with that story right. and finds a different story. Yeah. And it could be more powerful, even in a way he might not have recognized, although he then does recognize it. Um like if you make copyright so powerful for so long, you're preventing those things from happening. It, like you're making them take you're delaying them to the point where you know, the term now, life plus 70, yeah. um, you know, there are generations of people who will die, uh, who, who, who have been basically hassled out of engaging in a certain way with the work. That's really sad. I it's mean, terrible. Well, to put, yeah. we're, we're paying a very high price. It's kind Let's of the social it version. It's, it's the larger spread out social version of a, of a much more kind of, um, intimate notion of collaboration right that that when this is the the other story about lucas i, I don't i don't want to pick on lucas because i actually don't know but these are the yeah. kind of people who put out things which are successful and then no one ever says no to them right and so in terms of their like intimate collaborations with with right. creative partners 
they have so much freedom that they don't get that kind of pushback, right? And 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 the work really become there's a danger of the work becoming ones. It's for every auteur like you know Stanley Kubrick and right. and others. Uh, you know, there's a danger of taking that maybe too far in a lot of cases. And we had, you know, so so just the yeah. other week, uh, uh, you you read a draft of mine. You remember this? I do. Yeah. And uh, there's a part of that draft that you absolutely hate. Mm. Right? Yep. And. It just, hate is such a strong word. No, no. Which no. I did use. But it's, <laughs> but, it, but it, it, I want to explain why. So it wasn't just um, like. You know, some people don't like Brussels sprouts. Yeah. I think it was, and it became more clear to me as we were talking about it, that it it just was hitting me in a completely different way. And it was sending my thoughts off in a very different right. direction than the direction you had, I think, hoped for as an author. Right. And I guess you wouldn't have known that if I hadn't said that. Exactly. Um, and you can't control... I mean, this is what I guess as authors, I think we fear sometimes that we're going to say something that sends people bobbled off in a way different direction than we hope. I mean, that's a fear I have about my own writing. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll speak for myself. Uh, But so you can't control it, um, it, but it can happen. Right. And and like we've said about this show before, I'll get to this in a second with some feedback that we got. But uh, you in order to make things great in one direction, sometimes you have to be willing to send people off in that direction, you know, the bad direction. You have, to, In other words, in order to reach some people really well, you have to – so this is a thing, right? And it's a balance between like right. hitting the audience you want to hit or or connecting with people for whom this will be really great. Well, I was saying like there's, there's like intended and unintended yeah. and then there's good and bad. So yeah. do the Miller two by two, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think – yes. We should throw in some hoedown music there. <laughs> you know, intended bad direction, you, that, that you can – You made a trade-off. You, you made you a calculated trade-off. You made a trade-off, trade-off yeah. and you, but it's the unintended bad directions right. that I think I fear for myself. Right. Like I, if I meant to send you to a bad thing, uh, that's on me. Yeah. And that might have been worth it and I might be able to describe why. Yeah. But I think what you and I were – when we were talking about your draft and the way I was responding to that – part of it i think it was that was not uh, that was not intended bad that was unintended bad wasn't it well i think it was you know so there are parts of it that are just draft like there are a few sentences that make me cringe and there are parts of it that are like i said too precious and there there, there are things i would change right I, but you don't just object to the particular wording of it it's it's the it's the whole direction of the thing and and that I very much intend because it's very much about how I think about the thing, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm kind, of, I'm kind of sympathizing with like Lucas here in a way or someone yeah. else, right? That that there's this there's this project which is like deeply connected with yourself and deeply connected with how you think about something. And all you want, right, is to convey that to others, to convey this idea, to convey this thing that motivates you to do things. You know, it's what gets you up in the morning. And to hear that like that's not being received by your audience, by the people you hope would be in your audience is is difficult it is right and 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 actually you know i think you know when i think back to uh my emotional reaction to to that and to other instances like that where you you hope to connect and you don't it it's it's it feels really bad because it makes you feel alone like that's it's isolating it's isolating right Yeah, because the writing is itself an act of of engaging and and socializing sharing right yeah and And sharing a mind and for and for me or any other person to read it and say no push it away right yeah that's isolating it feels it's like the flip side of uh what a jerk i was no 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 no. it's a flip side of like the i had a philosophy professor in in college who who talked about reading like classical works you know we're talking about descartes and and even plato and, and and even before that as Reading those things made him feel less alone, mm. right? Because it's a conversation with these. Right, and it's like you're speaking my language, kind of yep. thing. And when you don't speak someone's language, you feel you feel isolated, right? Or you feel it makes you feel alone and yeah. and bad for that reason. And so this, I really never. Um, I've always heard this, and I've, I've always thought about it, right? That that you that you can't really make something great in, uh, unless you're willing to cut your favorite scene. Mm. Right. You've heard this in film before. We've sure. talked about it before. I don't remember which I don't remember who first said this or where I heard it. But um, and, and I've always, you know, cut things I, I, as you have, I'm sure, cut things from your writing or from your work. I mean, we've got things from this podcast that I thought had been really great, but it went too long or yeah. whatever. And I'm like, you know what? It's 
I would enjoy listening to this. I think it's ideally the kind of the kind of person who I'm trying to reach would enjoy this, but it right. just can't go. Like, yeah. and the same with writing, because um, it's that that cutting of that thing that it might be your favorite part, but you it's 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 really embracing the idea that it's not all about you. It's an, right. Yeah, it um, is. And, and it, that it's hmm. partly about you, but it's partly about other people, too. And and the fact that it's a communicative act yeah. ha- necessarily means, I think, that that other people have to matter, not just you. It can't be just you. And, and in fact, you know, yeah, th- through this work, I mean, part of the content of this work is that the difference between the you and the they is not is unreal. It's not real in a way. Right. And, and so it, part of it is like. Let's have let's understand something together. So it is a cooperative act in that way, and um, I don't. It's it's it can be really hard to cut your favorite scene, especially where the scene encapsulates. I think as I told you when we were talking, I said you know if I could keep one thing, only one thing from this draft, it would be the thing that you hate the most. Which was shocking to me because I because part of what I part of what made me dislike it so much was how weak I thought it was in terms of conveying the ideas in the paper that I, that, you know, I think are really great and really important. Well, and it just didn't. And for me, it didn't do that. So it was very surprising to hear that for you, it not only did that, but did that in a way that was in a sense, like superlative. No, I, I, no, I'm (laughs) in a sense, right. right? In In, a sense, it it captured something very significant. If I'd taken out some of the preciousness and, and cleaned up some of the lines that make me cringe when I read them, like if I, you know, a version of that, my feeling was, and probably is in a way, that four pages or of that, if I could only, if you had to cram four pages into a bottle and send it out onto the ocean and you never, it would be that because I feel like if you understood that, you would be able to reproduce the rest of the theory. Mm, interesting. And and you didn't have that reaction at all. No. And and, and anyway, I mean, the, the point of this is like, you know, I wrestled with that and am and, and, and going to cut that scene. Right. It's, I'm going to cut my favorite scene from the, from this, from at least from the article version of this. Right. And, and so that gives me some sympathy with Lucas because he's taken such a beating over, yeah. you know, over what not only he's heard stuff like what you've said is like he doesn't understand his own, his own work. And you can imagine too being a Supreme Court justice in these cases that we've talked right. about before and people trash this reasoning, they trash your writing, they, you know, getting trashed is part of being out in public. Well, there's another funny but part it, of this. But it's though. also isolating. And I think that's, it's not just that, boy, yeah. you can't take criticism. It's that you feel alone. Yes. That feeling of loneliness is to me, that has to be the worst part of criticism. And I'm sure you're, I'm sure you're right. And, um, and, and I certainly, I certainly don't want to inflict that on anybody gratuitously um, or, or even non-gratuitously necessarily. But, but I think part of it, too, is another thing that I think is so weird, honestly weird, about his behavior in the late 90s, 20 years after the fact, at least as to the original Star Wars, was that the, like, part of this is just letting go. And, mm-hmm. and, and it, so it's not about cutting stuff. It's Didn't about I have a section of my little article called letting go. <laughs> I think I it, did. It's about when it's done, yeah. it, you, you have to let it go. <clears throat> right. Yeah. And, it, and so, I mean, imagine how, like my productivity is miserable enough as it is. If I, if I went back and had to try to rewrite a bunch of stuff that no, 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 I'm going to do the, I need to do the 10th anniversary edition of that thing I wrote. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I mean, <laughs> that is completely crazy. Yeah. And it's crazy for a very important reason. And that is, you know, that past you is a different you. Future you is a different you. You, got, you need to be able to let that stuff go. Yeah. I mean, truly let it go. Well, that, that too is part of dissolving the ego that we talked about, right? That this thing that the past you wrote doesn't belong to the now you any more than it belongs to anybody else in a way. And any more than the than the past you could have, you know, bound the future you. Right. In that moment, that past you was just being the present you and just doing what I want, to, writing it as best I could write it. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, I'm like, <laughs> I've had the, maybe you've had the experience, I've had the experience of, um, you know, uh, so I'll see someone quote me and I'll say or they'll cite me for some proposition and i was really i said that and i look back and i'm like gosh i said that that's so that was interesting or i you know or that's hmm, i don't know about that like that seems wrong um it i'm that was a different person Mm -hmm. he has my name but it's not me now 
Yeah. Any more than me then was me now. Me now isn't me then. <laughs> it some, is what it is. At some point we're going to have to have a show about Parfit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, th- this is this idea. I mean, well, okay. So I don't know how much more we should go into this other than to say that um, speaking so, of so citations. This is, I'm just saying in terms of Lucas. Okay. And, and, and as I said, my premise was I don't, I truly don't understand being the person who having achieved the amazing artistic expression that he achieved decided that the best use of his time in the late 90s was do-overs. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I understand. Just personally, for me, that would make no... This is the last thing in the world I would do, I think. It's... hmm. It's Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, but but we don't have... You know, maybe it's partly the genre he's working in and the medium in which he's working. It's one thing to have made films, you know, so film is an evolving technological discipline in a way that, well, writing, that writing books and articles is not. Right. Right. I, uh, but, although, you know, but make a different film. I mean, you know, you could say, uh, like, I think it's very interesting that J.K. Rowling recently had, had wrote some novels uh, under other names. And she was exploring these other genres. And I think it's, I totally get why she wanted to write these and publish them not using the name that people had come to think of as the source of Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Like, I totally get that. What she didn't do is, and, and isn't going to do, I think, is, okay, I'm going to rewrite Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. I'm just going to rewrite it. Yes, but that's, so there is a tradition in cinema as new technologies come into it and uh, of remaking old films. Like, that is a very common thing. Uh, whether it's actually remaking the film, there was that yeah. shot for shot remake of Psycho. Do you remember who, who yeah. was, uh, that? Uh, boy, I'm gonna forget. God, my memory. You know what I mean? I know. I'm. God, his name is. Like, what is his name? It's the shape it, of his is name. It Verhoeven? Is Verhoeven? Hmm. Is it Paul Verhoeven? No, no, no. He made. Um. Uh. He made that River Phoenix. Uh. Movie. Uh. Okay. Well, we're not gonna waste time on the air. Yeah. But he. Um. It, we'll think of it. We'll so, rem- so that was it. But most remakes are not shot for shot. They are. Right you know, updates, but regardless, and there, there was, is a tradition what, of it. That's so, what's so intriguing about that. It was decades later. Yeah. And it was a different director. Mm-hmm. And it was different performers. So he's trying to, this is like, you can stage a play and then you could stage that same play later with a different cast in a different city, right. maybe different director, producers, etc. So I totally get other creative teams exploring the same subject matter. That, that is not hard to understand at all. Right. Um, that's not what we're talking about. I, look, I don't disagree. I'm just suggesting that, that what he's, what he did was and not, was, was less unusual, that, therefore more usual than okay. rewriting a book. That's, that's right? fair. That's, I mean, although that's there are fair. second, third editions, which but, but it's, things, it's but. funny, you, like what you don't want to show the new ones tomorrow. No, no, I, I think, I think the changes were for the worse. If this, if this mic were not on a stand, I would drop it. <laughs> No, I mean, you, the, the proof of this, of this not, is putting not, is in the tasting well, of it. You don't want to eat it. Right. He, just like you might show the original version of Psycho rather than the shot-for-shot shot remake. I mean, or, or the uh, or the, the 19, was it 82 Superman? Listeners. Or 80 Superman versus the, please, the newer Man of Steel. Boy, that was an awful one. What's the, uh, what's the uh, email address? It's been so long, I've forgotten. Oral argument podcast at gmail.com. Oral argument podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Please write us and tell us how wrong Christian is. I, about <laughs> what proposition do you think is wrong? Listeners, whatever proposition you think he's wrong about, you write us and you tell us <laughs> that he's wrong. We have no shortage of that. Uh, speaking of this digression that we've taken at the beginning, you know, we got, we got, we did get one bad iTunes review about our digressions. You mentioned this the other day. What was it? Well, it, this is a listener who like has a has a point. Um although I think part of it kind of misstates the extent of the feedback we've got. So 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 this listener is is kind of upset by the amount of time we in in his or her opinion waste talking about she says what we did last week. I don't think we do a lot of that, but we um I don't know if it's the the feedback or the wandering nature of our conversations before we was it focus a in on a topic or guest. That... I, I, no, it was just in general. Like, mm. And she was saying like she really – here she really likes the podcast and likes the, the theoretical parts, like the legal theory parts, uh, but has to skip ahead because d- really does not like the banter um, and, and wants us to do it like other podcasts 
he or she says, and spread the banter throughout the show and, and uh, you know, or at least provide timings. And, and, and I will explore doing chapter markers and things like that. It's mm. as I have time to do it, I'm just trying to keep up right now. But um, right. I don't mind doing that because if there's a way to do the show we want to do and appeal to people who don't want to, you know, for people to get bits out of it, that's great. Yeah, fair um, enough. But anyway, this, I, I thought I would mention it because, uh, you know, we got we got criticism for exactly the kind of thing we've spent the first twenty minutes doing, maybe. Well, but we're, we're doing what we're doing. Today's entire episode is going to be like this. Because <laughs> well, we do have another topic. Though. Oh, what's the other topic? I thought. We, well, I thought we were going to talk about media and law and media. Oh, okay. I don't understand the, what the phrase is. Well, uh, we'll get we'll get back to that in a second. So we we got that bit of feedback and law and media and okay. look. Uh, she, he or she, I don't know what, uh, um, the gender and it doesn't matter, does it? No, no, obviously not particularly, um, but I don't know why I keep saying she anyway. Uh, well, I haven't this, read this it, listener. So. Well, yeah, this, this listener, um, felt like, you know, we've gotten feedback before, which has told us to cut out the banter and we haven't listened. And, and I just want to say that that's not the case. I mean, we, I, maybe we've mentioned on a show before how we've heard I, early one, on, we got some from, from a particular friend. Yeah. And, we, and, but we, then we got some, we got some third party thing, but, but lately actually we've been getting the, the opposite message like Mike Madison. Yeah. And others who, I mean, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to smear Mike Madison by saying that he enjoys the banter. No, no. What he, <laughs> what he enjoys is us finding uh, us finding of our own voice, which is what anyone in this situation yeah. has to do. And getting getting to ideas through, you know, so you start the podcast. In a way we enjoy. Yeah, you start the podcast and it's like joining our conversation. And sometimes we'll get to good ideas through circuitous routes, which is the way we would do it anyway. And right. some, sometimes we get to bad ideas that way. So uh, we're trying our best. I'm uh, very, cir- I'm very cir- circular, people. Mm. If you could see me, you would see I'm very cir- circuitous. I'm very circular. Circuitous. I'm very spherical. <laughs> I'm like BB-8. Wait, how do you say... Only not as cute. Can you say that word again? The uh, S-P-H-E-R-I-C-A. Spherical? Huh. What do you say? Spherical. What did I say? Spherical? Spherical. Is it spherical? Rhyming with clerical. Spherical? Spherical. Spherical. Spherical? If you... you, What do you call a ball in in the geometric... In geometrically (laughs) proper terms? What do you call that? You know, a sphere, of course. Oh, okay. Okay. I was just but, wondering what the root of the problem was. But it's not <laughs> – spherical is – that's interesting because it's spelled without a second E. So doesn't that shorten the E? Ah. Uh, spherical? Well, as, you, as you, you say, you say clerical, like clerical. It's not clerical. No. No. I'm surprised you don't say clerical though. <laughs> <laughs> the truth is I don't – I could be saying it wrong. I it's don't like know. a family name. I'm mispronouncing it. Oh, good one. Good callback, Joe. Did you see another thing that happened before we get to this main topic? We got another citation. Oh, which, well, uh, from Listener Bunny. Yeah, Listener Bunny cited our episode with Orin Kerr in one of her academic pieces. Uh, yeah, she mentioned that. I don't know if it's going to be published. Did, um, she mentioned that in a great uh, in a great tweet. Yeah. Um, I did see that. And she also sent us a link to a, st- a news story, one of, there are now many of them. Uh, uh, the New York Times has covered it and other people have covered it about this uh, case from the the high court in Japan um, refusing to uh, strike down a uh, statute in Japan that requires spouses to have the same family name. Oh, yeah. Uh, there, there is a disparate impact in the sense of, you know, 95% of married couples in Japan pick the name of the male part in the married couple as opposed to the female partner the law is formally neutral it just says you have to have the same family name yeah so what do you doesn't say you have to have the family name of the male so what do you think about that well uh you know i don't i'm i'm far from an expert in um the law of japan in any topic uh, including constitutional law that's surprising to me but (laughs) but but i think um you know uh, so what would we do here? We would say um, it's uh, it's a first of all it's a disparate impact theory. Second of all, it's a sex discrimination, so it's going to get intermediate scrutiny, not strict scrutiny. Um, you know, would 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 the Supreme Court of the United States strike down that statute um, as a from a state law or a national law? 
I don't know. You maybe they would if they if they were in the mood they would view it as an expressive prohibition on the ground that it so they could use the First Amendment, which consumes everything in its path, <laughs> like Galactus yeah. in the Marvel universe or whatever. Right. Um, it's almost like to be making a barely constrained political judgment about the. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, so yeah, I thought it was, um, yeah, I think, well, I think it's a goofy, well, let's just start there. I mean, it strikes me as a very goofy statute. Yeah. It's, and you know, forcing people to change their names as a condition of marriage, you'd want to see that there's a problem. Yeah. What is, and, you, and, 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 and I don't know Japan well enough to know what the problem and is. And in a world with, I suppose you can construct some sort of hypothetical world where record keeping systems are sufficiently difficult to manage that right. there's that 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 actually achieves some important efficiency but good gosh how long has it been since we've been in that world i mean that just yeah. seems a little weird in, in in computer science terms i think you would refer to the forcing of the last name to carry that information as forcing inline metadata Ooh. right all right and and it, it's almost like uh back to the 90s and and really into the 2000s yeah i think you mean the 1890s well That's, uh, no uh, <laughs> It's, of uh, of carrying very important information in the file name. Ah, uh, yeah. Right, like the dot .doc or dot .whatever. Right. Instead of having separate metadata. So if the user goes and they type over that file extension, suddenly everything changes. Right. That's inline metadata. It's information about the file, which is encoded into the file name. Yeah. And, and we have the technology not to have that. <laughs> we have well, the technology where that shouldn't... And thereby avoid that. that vulnerability. Yeah. And so the question is, like, is there some importance of inline metadata about familiar relations in names like yeah know, and i just like i don't from, understand from a societal from as a, you say is a condition of marriage like the like yeah. no you can't have the benefits like we insist that you cohabit unmarried in an unmarried state mm-hmm. unless you're willing to do this right like why i don't I, yeah i don't i just oh, what it made what these news stories made me think other than thank you bunny uh, what they made <laughs> me think was I don't understand this. Like, I don't understand why the statute got passed. I don't understand enough about the Constitution of Japan to think, really? This didn't violate the Constitution? I'm just totally ignorant of the political climate in Japan right now. I don't know if it's... uh, I I, I remember reading some stories about that like a few years ago, but this just shows my, you know, all too typical American focus. She has spent time there, right? She's... She was there uh, recently. Yeah, so she's a bit more aware than we are. Yeah, so listener Bonnie, we're going to need some more info about Japanese politics and whether this is a, is this a conservative thing? Is it a technocratic thing? Like when does the statue date from? uh, I don't know. It's late 1800s, right? Yeah, one of the news stories said something about it, but um, anywho, how do we get on this rabbit trail? Bunny is citing us in a paper. She's citing us in a paper. Thank you, so Professor be, Warren Kerr, for joining could, us. This could be, I don't know how many citations we have now. We have at least one from Sonia West. Sonia West. Um, Frequent guest of the show. Yeah, and, and who, countless other citations of which we are not even aware. I know. It's great. And and that's not tuning our own horn because we've had some great guests who've said some awesome things. Right. And I think he, in one of our episodes, we have a suggested citation format. Really? In the show notes? Yeah, this is uh, show notes for some show. I don't remember which one it is. But, you know, it's very typical. Joe Miller and Christian Turner, comma, oral argument, the number, colon, the title. I'm sure there's a blue book rule about this. Which I do not advise anyone follow. (laughs) No one can see you making the puppet hands. (laughs) (laughs) Which I guess is is the more polite hand gesture you could have used yeah true, uh, true. well you did tell me you, did, you, you you told me before we started recording that you wanted to you didn't want to have to do a lot of editing i want to go live to tape with so this so i'm i'm trying i'm not i'm holding back on the cussing so we probably won't have many show notes today either i want to go live to tape yeah cool uh but so uh, what's our topic you said we had a topic about law and wait, media, we which i didn't we, realize we weren't done with that though oh shoot <laughs> we're done with what the blue book thing oh okay. there's more well let's just say we're gonna have a conversation next year so we already have, I think, how many guests do we have for January? 34. Right <laughs> we have a number of guests lined up for January. Some of them are notional. We have a topic for February and a live show that we'll be doing in yes, February. Yes, we're doing a live show. That's we won't true. say what it's about or what's no, going to happen. No, 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 no. It may touch on the topic that you just raised. Oh, it may. It that's may. true. Um, and I would like to do, you remember last year we did the serial show? Yeah. I'd like to do another call-out show. Oh. Where our listeners who want to be on the show 
Let us know and we can call you. What's the topic, though? Well, that's I've been trying to think about that. You gotta have a topic. You gotta organize it with a topic. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. You know, is it? um, uh, Well, I I had a few ideas. So, listeners, if you have suggestions for a good, crisp topic for a call out show, this is one where you tell us, "Hey, I want to be on the show," and you give us your number, and we set up a time when we can call you. And then, and as tempting as it is, I think we can rule out on the grounds that it's simply too uncharitable. Oh boy. Uh, is that we not oh have a show about what a colossal jerk George Lucas has been about oh. some about some things, yeah. not all things, some things. And if you're going to say we're not going to do that, if you're but, uh, look, I wouldn't say that. But on the other hand, I will admit to being a colossal jerk on a number of things. And I think you, too, would admit that I've been a colossal jerk on many things. <laughs> I would admit that. I would freely admit that. <laughs> you I often do. And you I would often. freely admit I have been a colossal jerk about a number of things as well. No, so, not you, Joe. Not yeah, you, so, never. But we're not, but we're not going to, uh, we're not going to do that show. Okay, so. As su- tempting as it is. Suggestions are, are welcome. Yes, you could, that's, that, we would love some suggestions. Okay, sp- one more here. And this, this does relate to our topic. Oh. So, and, and, you know, we're going to do 20 minutes on this. I think. When gonna- did we pick this topic? I think you picked it. You like to do I, this. I put a few things. You like to pretend that we don't have a topic oh and God. then you spring something on me. It's fine. I understand. I understand why this sort of jocular and is sophomorically. It's like entertaining in a sophomoric way. I get it. Oh, it's been too long. It's been too long. Uh, I, in a text message to you, I said, how about this or that or that? And you said, let's just, you know, and do you remember this? I do so, remember so that very well. And what I, I would like to talk about. But I don't remember. Uh, shamefully briefly in a shamefully i will say i don't remember a single one of the topics that you listed there although i do remember you listing the text well they clearly made an impression they did uh i i thought we could just talk about a couple of instances of the portrayal of the of law and law's practice in in film or books oh poor portrayal did i say betrayal you said betrayal i was like oh my goodness Mm. there's a betrayal that's in my head because freudian ear slip because uh jose Mourinho was let go by chelsea Mm. deep cut there that, well, for, for American listeners, but this is like the biggest news in, in much of the world. Yeah. And, um, it was after his, after his, uh, press conference where he said his players had betrayed him. Mm. Whoa. Yeah. It's really quite Shakespearean, the whole thing. He said his players had betrayed him and the club therefore fired him. Yeah. Well, I know not exactly. It's complicated and, and yeah, we're not, we can Okay. Have, so I won't use the word therefore. He said in a press conference, my players betrayed his betrayed his training methods. They prepared for a few things. And then he was fired. Yeah. And then after that, he was fired. But a bunch of stuff had happened. Really a great story that we, you know, if you were into it, we could talk about, but we're not going to talk about it. But we're not. Okay. Um, So hold on. So you you had a side note, but then you also had a. Well, I want to start with cereal. Okay. Okay. So because, because cereal is an example of the portrayal Portrayal. of law and law's practice. In popular media. Uh, okay. Would you agree with that? At least season one? Of course. And, I mean, season two now is, is out. Did you know season two is started? Yes. And have they, you listened I, to two of them? I they, have not. There have been two episodes, right? Yeah, this is about I've the I've not Bo-Berg listened to doll. them. They're, they're in my uh, Overcast app. Oh, okay. Ready to go. Overcast, by the way, is free now. Yeah. I mean, free, a, free to a, try. On and, a patron model. Yeah, and, and you, you, you donate uh, yeah. what you want. Um, and, and I think it's great. I mean, it's such a great app. should you, download, yeah. You, at least to try definitely it. be using it. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, those two episodes are sitting there in my to-be-listened-to grouping. Yeah. Uh, I have not. I know it's about Bo Bergdahl. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and his, I guess he's going to be prosecuted for desertion or something like that. Yeah. And, and yeah, that just came out, um, yeah. that they're going to go to a formal court martial and it's very well done. And they have, and I was like, when I first heard it, it's going to be about Bo Bergdahl. I'm like, well, that's maybe that doesn't capture the, the magic well done. of the first I mean, season. it's this American life. It's Sarah Koenig. These are, br- these people are brilliant. Well, that's what comes through in the first two I mean, episodes. My she, goodness. Like the first season was, you know, I think we talked about it last time and I just want to kind of explore it again, just to uh, talk about law in media uh, that, it really focuses the individual mind on a kind of drama mm. uh, of the individual. And I think that's important, telling an individual story. Yep. But also this idea of sacrifice that we've talked about so many times on the show before. Like it, it exposes in a way you can't look away from, right, the fact that in order to have the society that we want to have, we are just going to sacrifice some people. Some people are going to rot in jail who shouldn't be there. Yeah. If you, have, if you believe in the death penalty, we're going to execute some people who, in fact, are innocent. Yeah. Um, so it, 
it explores that in, in, and in the first season, right? It's like, you don't know whether the guy's guilty or innocent, right? And she's exploring that uncertainty. There's right. just, and, and, and the theme is that you're never really going to know for sure. Yeah. And so what do you do in that zone of uncertainty? You know, maybe we could devote all these resources to this case and get a clearer picture, but you know, that's the, this, this idea that, that society is about the sacrifice coming together and cooperating necessarily means that not everybody is going to be treated fairly all the time if we knew everything. And in fact, you know, I was thinking about this this week. Well, is there any situation in which all people will be treated fully, fairly all the, I mean, you say we, Mm -hmm. when we come together to cooperate, even if we know, we know what fairness means, right. Then, then, but, but is there any situation? I mean, even if people weren't coming together to cooperate, if you have a weak conception of fairness, you could, you could, you could find it in such a way that you can satisfy it. Maybe Mm -hmm. so. So in fact, maybe that's one of the big kind of conservative liberal breakdowns in American law, right? It's this, you know, Scalia's written about what fairness means in law before, right? The fairness means you have the process, mm. right? And so it doesn't matter, you know, if you're legally guilty, et cetera. And so fairness is guaranteed. But it's, if you have that notion, then right. it's at least possible to to say that everyone's treated fairly. But there's a sense in which, um, yeah, I was talking about this with someone this week uh, in relation to a paper that we had read, and, um, that every time someone is charged with a crime, let's just leave civil lawsuits out of it for now, but every time someone is charged with a crime, and there's going to be some trial process that occurs, whether a trial is actually had or not. Every single time, someone is either getting more than they deserve or less than they deserve, right? Because of our, like this uncertainty, epistemological uncertainty, knowledge, and so however you want to refer to it, right? Because either the person is, well, let's just take the cases where the person's guilty or not. There are gradations about how bad what they did was. And this is the kind of uncertainty that are now exploring, I think, there's some uh, what you call epistemological kind of uncertainty in in the new season with Bo Bergdahl about what exactly happened, but there, a lot of it I think is going to be about like what it means. Like, yeah. So it, in in legal that terms, he like, departed a particular location at a particular time seems fairly well established. Yeah. His the reasons, up, the upshot of it is what's his reasons are. There's some and, uncertainty about and that, and of course the the upshot is bound up with his reasons. Right. So right. so there are two kinds. Like in, if you want to look at it this way, the first season of Serial is all about uncertainty regarding the so-called actus reus in criminal law. Did right. he do the act? Right. Yeah. The fact and the Bo Bergdahl thing. It part of it at least seems like it's going to be about the uncertainty regarding the mens rea we know what he did but what were his reasons and those reasons are important to us yeah but i think even further than that even if we knew his reasons there'll be this question of what we as a society should do with this kind of thing Mm. right there's an uncertain there's this this moral uncertainty right about what it means to treat a 23 year old kid who made a dumb decision in in a certain way um but so 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 if we're just looking at like guilt or innocence um when you're charged and you are guilty, right? We're giving you all this process, which in a strict sense, if we actually knew, if we knew for sure whether you were guilty or innocent. It's surplus. It's all waste, yeah. right? Um, it, and, and in a sense, you don't deserve it. If you actually killed, if you actually broke the law, right? In what sense do you deserve? Now, now society may want that process for completely other reasons. Right. But, like, as to, but for you, thinking of your own situation, right? right you, you aren't simply saying, yep, I did it. Right, and so therefore you're you're able to put the system to its proof, yeah, in a way that is you to and you know to a certainty right. is uh, extra, because you know you did it right. And the Constitution, in our hypothetical, exactly, and the Constitution and statutes entitle you to process, right? But that doesn't mean that you deserve it. It entitles you to that because of our uncertainty and because right. of the way we want to be as a society, right? But from your own internal perspective, given that you right. know what you did, right. And if you're charged and you're innocent, then right? it could never be enough. It, it, exactly. And you're harmed by it from the moment it begins right. to happen. So every the wrong begins as right. soon as you're accused. Every charge is a mini tragedy, mm. right? It's either consuming social resources that we wish we didn't have to consume because you should just be guilty, or it's consuming those resources and in the pursuit and of an injustice, harming, sacrificing someone, right, in order to achieve overall levels of justice. And I think that that you know people may not conceive of it that way when they listen to serial episode one. I mean, everybody's got their own reactions to it and their own reaction as to what's important in that story, which is part of what makes it so compelling. I think, right. This, just this kind of plot uncertainty and the human desire to find meaning in things, right. Both factual and and spiritual and, and conceptual. Uh, But I think that that kind of sense that we have that, boy, this guy's either being treated really unfairly, right. 
or what a waste it is that we're spending all this time on this guy. Like you, you, like there is a tragedy either way and you just, and it makes you feel that social conflict. So that's the sense in which I think that serial um, is a demonstration of the excellence with which law can be dealt with in, in media, uh, including the new season, even though it's not directly about, you know, right. maybe about military law eventually, but it's, but but it's about that process of social cooperation and trade-offs that get people thinking, I think, in the ways that ultimately reach to – you know what I mean? I do because, you know, law is ultimately um, – because it's it's a technology, if not the technology of social life, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, of course, all about human drama, the drama of being human. I'm just going to pour some uh, more coffee here. Cool. So, um, and so, well, uh, you know, that is, that is my, the things that focus on it, <laughs> yeah. of course, pull you into that drama. Yeah. Um, this is my paper that we've been talking about, right? That is, in a way, that yeah. law is a, is like a, our practice of law is like a computer, right? And, ah, yeah. and, and we are the hardware <laughs> and we use these, these sets of reasons as a software and we model right. each other's reasons. I've got this complicated thing, but, but this idea of like, when we when we have this crisis, we are confronting one another and saying, what should our. What should the software be? I think like, the phrase, our... I first heard the phrase, it's not, I, I feel like, and I could be misremembering this entirely, but I feel like it was a phrase that I heard um, the dean of Lewis and Clark Law School uh, named Jim Huffman, who was the dean when I first arrived there. Hmm. Uh, he would do the, you know, a, a little uh, welcome uh, for the newly arrived one else, and he yeah. would speak. And I feel like at one or two of these, I heard him use this phrase, uh, make this assertion, law is the technology of social life. Right. And it was, I think that's how I heard it first. And, and it, it just hit me like a boulder in the head. I mean, it, there's so much, there's so much there Yeah. in that sentence. That's what I'm trying Whoa. to unpack, right? Like hmm? it, it's a technology of social life and. Yeah. Like, like every word is what, important. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what I'm, yeah. And what I'm trying to say, right. Is that, is that this drive that you have to distinguish law stuff from other social stuff, right. Is, um, missing the point and is, and is, and is driving us in some of the wrong directions. So, so social means cooperative in our cooperative, in, in, when our minds cooperate, when we cooperate together as decision-making entities, right? We can do it in many different ways. We can do it as friends, as families, yep. as, as social groups, as states, as nations, as, as groups of nations. Uh, uh, some animals do it, right? Some animals make decisions to cooperate. So, so as cooperating entities, we get together and, the technology of that cooperation, if you like, right? Th th this cooperation runs. It runs according to an ever-evolving kind of software. And that software is sometimes reduced to true code, written code. Yes. Um, but that code is never as fixed as any particular computer code, right? And, and, and in fact, we all have different visions of what that code means and what it means to run that code. And so anyway, the, we're not going to get totally into this theory now. I, I would like to have another show about it when you and I can talk about it. But right. what I like is that um, for this particular conception of law, which is dear to me, um, I think Serial does an excellent job of, of, of driving you emotionally to the point where you're recognizing the, the, you know, the, the knife's edge of making these choices. Right. Is, is that coherent at all? I mean, totally. And, and I, I feel like it's, um, you know, the way that any time we recognize one thing as a facet of a larger thing, we're both um, marring it a little bit by separating it, even if just conceptually, yeah, from its the the unity that it is actually a part of. Um, and that's a and that's a negative. But the positive is by pulling it out as a facet, you can understand it in a different and better way right. than if you can, than if you refuse to let yourself recognize it as a facet of something larger. So right. it's like the the price of that knowledge is that you it's you're you're kind of making a mistake in a in a way. Well, like no, it's not separate. Yeah. Okay, it's, we're not going to talk about all this now, but I but you I do see what I mean. Yeah, I do see what you mean. I was I, I'm going to try this out on you and and, and see if this is so you kind of got you going. You kind of modulate back and forth. Yeah, because. Um, if someone says, uh, you know, Joe's just another example of a human, 
right? Which is true. Like you can't really understand Joe without understanding your humanity, the the, right. the way your DNA is shared with other exactly. humans and what the similarities about it. But it, to really understand Joe, you also have to understand Joe as an embodied human. Yeah. Right. That you have an individual. You're a specific instance. Right. Right. And and so there are a lot of things you can know about you just based on your humanity. There are a lot of things about you that you will know based on your humanity, plus some information about your location, mm-hmm. the culture. And there's some stuff that you won't know about you unless you know the details of the arrangement of every atom in your body. Right. I mean, there's some questions. Right. Depending on your question about Joe, you have to understand Joe in different ways. Right? And that and then, of course, Embodied that applies Joe. even to my understanding of yeah me yes right right i mean it's like like it's not like I, it's not like i'm somehow free from that constraint or situation not at all right you you maintain models of yourself yeah i'm in the same soup as everybody else. that's the ultimate theory right is that yeah. we maintain models of law and that the model we consult depends on the question that we're being asked and we have to have somewhat similar models in order to cooperate but if we cut your corpus callosum joe Boing. Or if we alter your brain in other ways, you won't, perce- you know, I'm not sure that you, you won't perceive yourself with quite the unity you do now. It will change your perception of yourself. And in fact, we can manipulate right. parts of your brain and you will see yourself from outside of yourself. Yeah. You will see yourself as connected with other people. You do this chemically, not ways. just physically. Right. Should, are you proposing we do this now? No. I'm that would saying be a one great could. episode. Wouldn't that be a great episode? A, w- a what episode? <laughs> An episode where we are chemically altered. Oh. You know that, uh, l- let me just... Um, we'll call it the Colorado episode. <laughs> Road trip. No, no. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. I've n- you know, I've never done that before. Okay. I'm outing myself. It's, and so maybe that would be, there's a first time for everything. Sure. So we get Doug Berman on here. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe we're going down the wrong road with this. <laughs> I just know what the title is. I wasn't thinking of that particular drug, but anyway. There are men- well, the, you know, that's so true. It's so, look. We're, we're chemically altered a bunch of the times we record this. First of all, we are often drinking coffee. Mm-hmm. That uh, caffeine is that you could say that's an altered state. Yeah. Right. We have had some episodes where we have been consuming alcoholic beverages. Mm-hmm. A sip of wine, a beer, a yeah. glass of whiskey from a listener. Yeah. Not to excess. But yeah. given, or, well, I didn't say we were, blo- you know, blacked out, drunk. That we would have recording. been apparent. There have been no four loco episodes. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, yes. we, it's not like it would be if if we were under some other chemical alteration, yeah. it wouldn't be the first time. I'm chemically altered just because of what you just said. Wait, what? It's true, isn't it? Yeah, but now you're now you're universalizing in the way that's unhelpful. I I think it's meh. see, this is what we fundamentally disagree about. I think, mm. but all right, so let's let's unwind just that. Let's unwind this knot. <laughs> Let's unwind this knot. So what's our, did we ever get to our subject for today? Well, the the subject has been getting back together. Old friends getting back together I think we should end the episode by announcing our topic for today. (laughs) Well, I just want to speak. (laughs) So I did want to talk about what the the excellences and demerits of the portrayals of law in media, right? Uh And and so I want to throw Serial serial out there as a show, which I think really does a good job of getting people to think about law in the ways that are really helpful, right? Yep. Um. And I don't know if you have any examples, but I, I want to throw another one out there of uh, examples about, of what uh, well, uh, of law in media, the shows so Twelve Angry Men, uh, you know these kinds of things. Uh, I think one of the funniest um, and most, in a way, most um, endearing portrayals yeah. of law in media yeah. in movies, in mm-hmm. particular. Um, my cousin Vinny. I don't know if you have seen this movie or if you've seen it ages ago. I don't. I can't remember. It lately. A bit of it. Yeah. Um, it, the <laughs> just the 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 anxiety, the 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 humor, um, the 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 fact that it's a family that's embroiled in this situation. It's actually an extremely affecting. I'm a very. I'm a pretty, as you can tell, listeners. Uh, I have a. There's a part of me that's extremely sappy, and. <laughs> Um, and it, it is to that part of me that that movie appeals. It's brilliant. It's hilarious. Sappy in that you easily feel or sappy in that you, in, in what way? I mean, <clears throat> like, have, have you watched any of the leftovers? I, I did watch a bit of the first season and I, f- I found it really deeply repulsive. You have to stick with it. Yeah. 
I couldn't do it because of the because of how down it was. Yeah, relentlessly it, it, down. I guess it's it's more of this emotional. Um, yeah, I, I just couldn't handle you it. You should. I I kind of had the same thing. Although I watch anything that Max Richter scores. Mm. Um, and I and then I kind of came back to it. I actually after I heard John Syracuse talking about it, it reminded me that I had not finished it. I mean, some way, the sa- my sappiness is sort of just cheap emotionality. So there was, there was one That's time. That's I'm wondering if it's the cheapness of it, or if you were just attracted to things that are. Like, it's hard to know. On I the bet, but we emotional. were like my my sister and I were in a um, we were in this beautiful church, and there was a music group, um, a, an instrumental music group, and a, and I think there was a singing group there too. Anyway, they were practicing this very uh, old, sort of traditional orchestral piece of music liturgical i suppose given that it was church uh and you know we were just we were just catching the last maybe two minutes of a rehearsal and we were sitting there and the and the music draws to a close and she looks over at me and she says you were about to cry weren't you and i was like (laughs) yep (laughs) i just get very i mean i'm i can be moved yeah i can't emotionally i wonder how many other i mean i'm sure this happens to everybody because i i'm this and i can it's hard for me to predict what it's going to be um, but there are times when just something happens and you, you get this, I, I get this almost shiver and, and I just, I just remember, uh, seeing AI on the theater. You remember, mm. uh, this is the oh, sure. Kubrick project with, that Spielberg finished and, and I've heard other people really slam it and say it's not great. Yeah. And, um, I, I think, I it, has, it, I think it has very arresting moments. I, are... I just remember, boy, I don't know if I should. So, if, so skip ahead like a minute if you haven't seen the film, oh, okay. uh, but at the end of the film or towards the end, uh, you know the 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 robot kid yeah um goes into the ocean the main the, character the ship. Really. yeah goes into the and and he's repeating forever you know uh, uh, this request to the blue fairy basically to reunite him with his mother yeah the person he's programmed to love and i left that i'm about to i'm about to start crying right now yeah. i left that theater and i wept mm. i mean i just couldn't it was like there's something like that which is just like catches you when you think about the tragedy of the human condition that like he's He's a he's a robot, right? But he's also the manifestation of a certain side of humanity. This, right? The the endurance of this like need that we have. If, if, and in, if in fact we're all born with these imbalance, basically what we are 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 bags of DNA born with these imbalances, and the, <laughs> and the, and the, and the and the forever never ending uh, uh, drive to satisfy mm. these imbalances, right? That and he that himself one. is the expression of an imbalance in his creator, who is a father who makes the robot boy in the image of his dead son. Yeah. I mean, so it, so he's, it, he's sort of in a mirror image of his creator's pain. Right. In that way. So yeah. it's not just that he is a, a, a sort of a an expression of pain um that's its own thing it's 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 bound together forever with it, a mirror image of another person's pain it is beautiful you know it, now, the leftovers it, is about pain but in terms of the hokey, like yeah. so, so <laughs> but but yeah this all started with my cousin Vinny and the right. fact that you're attracted to these kind of hokey uh, but because sappy, sentimental be, because, is it, is it yeah, syrupy, the schlocky, sentimental yeah. um so, so some of it's happy some of it's painful the like um another one i just recently re-experienced was i was channel surfing uh the other day and this is the time of year when p- christmas movies are you off. channel surf of course oh boy um the uh where you all christmas movies are yeah, on TV, yeah yeah right so i'm look this is at nine ten at night i'm tired i'm not going to do anything else I'm right gonna, i watch some television of okay. course so i'm yeah. like many people you're entitled way. of course you're a grown man absolutely <laughs> um and so you know i'm channel surfing <laughs> yeah. and the and miracle on 34th street a remake Ba-dum. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, this is the one with uh, Richard Attenborough plays uh, Chris Kringle, mm-hmm. and he is in Cole's department store, and he's sitting there. And um, is it really Cole's? The the, K, the one that we have C O L E is the wait no K O A K O H L K O H L is the real is there is a department store called yeah. that isn't there? Yeah, I think it's the most but in the movie the it's called Cole's C O L E apostrophe S I think. Okay. Um, that's somehow that sounds less boring. My problem with KOHL the store is that it's it's just such a boring store. I don't and think I've ever name, been in it. Even the name is boring. Like, why would I? Oh, it's just yeah. it really sounds okay. like. You know, but, but anyway, C O L E sounds more exciting. So yeah. keep so going. San, so yeah. uh, Chris Kringle, 
also known as Santa Claus, is yeah. sitting in... To his friends. Yeah. And he's got... Uh, the kids are being brought up, and um, uh, he... this And this scene makes me cry, tear up or cry. Mm-hmm. And I probably have seen this scene... 20 times. Yeah. 30 times. Right. Because right. it's, again, cr- these movies are on TV pretty much constantly at this right. time of year. So you, it's hard not to see them if you're f- flipping the channels. Um, in this scene, a mother, a woman, brings up a young girl. Uh, it seems like it's her daughter. And she puts the young girl on his lap. And she, he, she says to him, as he's about to begin to engage with the child, oh, she's deaf. She won't hear you. You don't need to say anything. She just wants to say hello or something like that. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, he's Chris Kringle. He's magic. Of course, he knows sign language. He starts engaging with this girl in sign language. And she is so surprised that she's thrilled. And you can see that he feels so much for her when he's doing it. Like, he does it because he's like, oh, my gosh, you I feel bad for you that you're deaf, but I also feel like I can reach you. Mm. It wow. makes, <laughs> it makes are, me emotional you, every time I see it. Are you crying right now? And it's, <laughs> no, but I, if I kept talking about it, I could make myself cry. Oh, no I'm problem. Sure. Yeah. Um, and it's just very affecting. Yeah. That is incredibly schlocky. I mean, it's like the move, the people who made that movie, they knew exactly what they were doing. This was manipulative in well, that see, sense, but it's, but it's true in another about, sense. Who cares about whether it's yeah, manipulative? What do you think about this criticism? Yeah, exactly. That people say, well, I, it was terrible because it was manipulative. Like, what is this, what is a story but manipulation? I think what, what people usually mean yeah, is I mean, like thinly manipulative. Yeah, like but it's, it's so, cheap, what's so weird about it is. It's, it's as the a emotional crit- equivalent of a jump scare. But a as a critique, it's sort of like. Well, yeah, the the movie didn't get made because someone knocked into a camera. Like the whole thing is intentional. <laughs> right. So it's right. it's not, this isn't found footage. Yeah. Of someone dropping something on the floor and it mm-hmm. recording. I mean, it, that's not what this is about. So the I'm whole thing sure is that, manipulative. I'm pretty sure there have been such films. <laughs> right. I just got an idea because I think we need to close this one out. We're, oh, okay, we're cool. right at an hour right now. Right, and, let's and, do it. But, uh, but I want to say, I have, a, I have an idea. Because the other one I wanted to mention was Battlestar Galactica for two reasons. One, it did you, have And that, you mean the reboot. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It had the trial. Which is amazing. It had the trial in it. Right? It has, you it has multiple legal proceedings in it. Well, but I thought, you know, the trial. The, uh, the, the, which was oh, the cliffhanger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought that was among the least effective parts of the storyline and i would i want to explore that and 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 then secondly if in terms of thinking about law and society i think the broader theme of the show at at its most fundamental level is so much more arresting from a legal standpoint Mm. than is the actual portrayal of a trial which i found to be um, the the uh, okay. least excellent of an of, of and an I otherwise wanna, excellent and show. I don't, don't want to talk about the trial, mm-hmm. but I do want to talk about the second thing you said, which was that it's if at its broader level or its broader theme, it's more, as law, it's more arresting. Say what is what do you mean by that? Well, I think I, I, so. We can only hint at it for now, but here's my other suggestion, though. Okay. Before I come back to that, why not a call out show where we ask people about their their own like either formative or uh, negative or somehow uh, sharp experiences with law in media, either what drove them to go to law school if they have been a lawyer and did they see, are there things that turned them off? Are there things which made them think about it? I think it's a great idea. It's fantastic. Friendly amendment, Mm -hmm. not law and media, but things you think of as about law in media because the the observation you just made about Battlestar Galactica was the thing that doesn't look like law really is to you. Right. So let's make people, let's give people that freedom. Well, so part of what I wanted to say See about I mean? that. Yes, I do. Do you want to do it? Should we just call it right now? We're going to do that? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So, so listeners, earlier we said, send in your, your suggestions. Uh, don't do that anymore. Well, no, they can do that if <laughs> oh, for additional call-out shows. I don't see why we can't do more than one. Absolutely. Boy, you just, you just blew my mind. Just bust it wide open, dude. <laughs> uh, so there's... Um, so and, what do they part, need to write part, in Part now? of what I love... They, they need to write in if they want to be on the show. There will be information through our social networking channels okay. about how, if you want to be on the show, how to get in touch. Okay. Um, and let me just say this about the – To our call-out. About, so. the, about the bigger – yeah, about right. the bigger theme in, in Galactica. Um, Galactica Reboot. 
and part of it is like I actually wish I, I actually thought that the finale was great. I mean, I, I liked it. I, I did there's too. another ending I would that I had in my head that I would have loved to have seen, uh-huh. um, which makes this theme it just you know it advances this theme in a more direct way and and maybe in a way that the showrunners didn't have in mind and the writers didn't have in mind. So whatever, but uh, there is something in us which drives us towards uh the the uh which drives us towards self-destruction right and part of cooperating in an ever ever evolving technological space is figuring out how to maintain mechanisms of trust when there is increasing power to uh break that trust and bring the whole thing down mm. right we're, the, we're breaking the trust really can precipitate an existential catastrophe exactly yeah, and, and then what you do with this, uh, you know, the, the relation between the Cylons and the humans, right? That that basically through the the human mind inevitably gives birth to, right? This kind of splitting of its own humanity, and then the rejoining. I, what I would have loved to have seen for the last episode mm, okay. I mean, would be a quick uh, skip ahead. By the way, spoilers would <laughs> uh, would have been. <laughs> Um, we cannot worry about spoilers for things that have been out like more than five years. Okay. Can we just have a policy? Yeah. Would they, they would get back to, to a, a place, start up a new society and then time would start to accelerate in the video mm. so that you would see that this is cyclical. Mm. So you would see the rise of civilization, the creation of the inevitable creation, the inevitable like leverage of information into a new as they kind of showed at the end with a New York City scene. Right. But, and then destruction, fleeing, this back and forth, right? This back and forth of constantly creating this and then reconstituting the human race. And either the show is about that, it's about that cycle. Right. Or it's about how there's something different this time. It's very Nietzschean. It's it, the, right. the eternal return. It's but they a, didn't answer that question whether there was something different this time. You know, is, is there, what was it? it? Was it the choice to embrace despite your fear, this other side of yourself, the Cylon human divide. Anyway, we can get into that another time. I, I, maybe, maybe we'll have a listener who wants to explore these themes. Yeah. I felt, I feel like I've done it, uh, you know, once again, a poor job <laughs> of articulating the, uh, the idea, but anyway, we'll get back to it. Yeah. The Galactica reboot was, was quite a, quite an amazing, uh, achievement. What a show. It was really great. Yeah. And I wish Caprica had managed to find a way forward, but that that one really kind of wasn't going to happen, was it? Yeah, it just kind of <clears throat> fell under its own weight, which is sad. It really would have loved for that to you know. And part of Galactica is that you've got it's. I'm a real believer that when you get groups of people together who are kind of have a similar set of ideas and they have a clear lane. Like, uh, as, as Hitchcock once said in that, uh, there's a YouTube video of him talking about this, like what he, what happiness is to him. And he says, it's a, a clear horizon, mm. you know, it's the freedom to move, right. Which is to bring it back to the beginning of the podcast, like too much of that can be a bad thing. Cause part of the excellence of humanity comes from the constraints we place on each other. But when you get a group with a good idea and they have the freedom to move, you get really great things. And that show, like they had the freedom to tell that story and everybody was on board and they did great things for a while. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's call it. Yep. Till next time.